It's all right. When when Terry's doing his top five, you can mute me for a bit, Dan. There's not going to be any spoon clank. Clunk, <laughs> clunk, <laughs> clunk. All right. You're sanding you want to do. <laughs> Grinding. The second Aww. part's basically how to eat shredded wheat. <laughs> Grinding Dan's face. Okay, welcome back to part two of Too Much Time on Our Hands, a theatrical cut, where we're going to continue talking about our favourite remakes. We're happy, Dan? Yeah, go for it, keep going. <laughs> Dan's just having a good lull there. Um, so we finished up last, last week. to introduce yourself. Oh, yeah. Hi, I'm Sonia. We'll do it again. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's just do it again. This French. Where do you want me to cut it out? Was that, was that too well, I thought we wanted to do it before the singing. I'll do it before the singing then, okay? But then you have to. One, two, three, four. Hello, and we'll, we'll be perfectly in sync. Sorry, what? Just. You want to sync your cycles? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think by this point we probably already were. I thought we already were. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so play, and I'll. Do you want me to give you a. What, when I start talking? Yeah, so you start talking, even if I haven't dropped it. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. Cool. Let me just uh, swallow. <laughs> <laughs> Dad's going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Drop <laughs> my headphones. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Terry, welcome to my life. You're, you're constantly making those noises. <laughs> Just by being. Yeah, but I've made those the entire time we've obviously said been together then and known each other, so you're just used to it. I'm just eating. Yeah, but you're right in the micro. There you go. Is that me? Yeah. So let me know when you're going to eat. No, I'm done now. Ready? Yeah. One, two, three. Try again. <laughs> Terry? <laughs> oh no, he's off. <laughs> the reason I was laughing is because I thought Terry was doing the intro, so I gave him like a nod and then you did the intro. And I was just like, and then, yeah. Oh, right, carry on. I forgot to mention that. Right, are we ready? We're good. Welcome back to Too Much Time on Our Hands, the theatrical cut. Yay. Yay. I'm Sonia, and sitting opposite me, with a face for radio, is Terry. Hello, again. Hey, Terry, again. Um, and sitting to the side of us is Dan, but he's a silent uh, this week, so we'll just ignore him. Okay, so thanks for listening to part one of our remakes, where we covered highest grossing, horror, and my personal your personal top, top five. five 
we're going to jump straight in this week with Terry's top five. So, yeah, so I found this a bit of a struggle, to be honest. There's a lot of films that I would have liked to have put in it, but I haven't seen the original or I haven't seen the remake. So, as we said, it has to, we have to have both in there to be able to talk about the film. Uh, Halloween would definitely have been a part of mine, as would It, but we put those in the horror, so mine do not exclude those, so do not think I do not love those films. So they're not in any real order, but we'll start with Dread. So obviously, yes. originally in 1995, Judge Dread starring Sylvester Stallone. I mean, I don't think he was necessarily miscast, but he wasn't well cast. I am the law. Yeah, Sonia wants to be unmuted. Oh. <laughs> I've got a lot to fucking say about this. Right, you carry on. <laughs> Sorry, I'm eating shredded wheat whilst we're doing this. You'll just have to listen to me munching because I'm oh. not being unmuted. Just... They'll be fine well, with it. Let I'll me talk back. and then I'll you mute talk. her again. Yeah. <laughs> so, original film, 95, Judge Dredd, starring Sylvester Stallone. I mean, the main problem was they didn't understand the character making this. It was during a time where they were making a lot of films, like, of properties, stuff like that. Obviously, this is one that was more doable from an effects point of view compared to others. I mean, the key thing they got wrong was he took off his helmet. Mm. Judge Dredd never takes off his helmet. And they did it because... Back in those days, studio execs, well, we've got Sylvester Stallone. We need to show his face. I don't think the story's actually that bad. I think there's some good bits in it. I mean, Rico is a bit of an odd choice of a villain mm. and the weird hillbilly family. I thought they were kind of cool. Um, it's not Sandra Bullock, is it? No. No, no it's Diane Demolition Lane. Man. Yeah, sorry, yeah. it's Diane Lane, I believe, as the sort of love interest slash female person in this Another film. Another fucking thing they got wrong. <laughs> Okay, so um, I mean, so yeah, for me, not a particularly brilliant film, but it's on this list because I really, really, really like Dread. Mm. So the remake in 2012, uh, with starring Carl Urban, where the first thing they got right, they kept his mask, they kept his helmet on, uh, just a much grittier version of the character, which obviously he's a very, it's quite a dark comic book series, really, when you think about. It. I mean, he is literally judge, jury, and executioner. He goes about his business. They just did the second film, which just a second film, the remake was just such a crisper film, tighter, a much smaller plotline. It was obviously the original is about Dread losing his rank and being set up and being cast outside, whereas this is Dread being Dread. He's got a young girl with him who's like a new recruit who's telepathic, and then I mean it's just some of the shots in the film they do quite a lot of slow mo in it because of the drug that he's trying to sort of stop. It sends people into a slow-mo, and there's some beautiful scenes in that. And it's... I mean, it came out at the same time as The Raid, didn't it? And it was we really weird, because both films are... They're in a tower block. They're trying to get to the top. And, yeah, I just love the second film, the remake. I just think... Oh, Sonia is getting herself prepped and ready. Um, so, yeah, so I'm going to end by saying, yeah, Dread. I mean, it's one of the few films where I think 3D has actually enhanced the film as well. I think it helped give it that comic book sensibility and vibe. Um, I've watched that many times. I do own Dread as well, the original Judge, Judge Dread. Dread. I do own the Stallone version. I've what I loved it as a kid because it's just stupid. Before I really knew it of the character, and now I'm going to put on my tin hat and let Sonya take over. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, Dan quite often gets angry about films, certain films. Let me finish. <laughs> Certain films. He knows exactly what I'm talking about. Where he gets really enraged and kind of um, tells us that um, almost, I don't know if he, think he directly tells us, but we, we kind of deserve better mm. from certain characters in certain films. First of all, 
I have an issue with Terry including this on his list because I don't consider it a remake given the boundaries that we set ourselves because the stories in the two films are completely different. Um, so that's my first issue with it, but fine. I agree that Dread is an infinitely more superior film to Judge Dread, but apart from the fact of it having the same characters, I would actually consider Dread to be a reboot. Um, also, given that we said the remake had to hold the original in high regard, I can't believe anyone holds the film Judge Dread in high regard, but do, do the makers of Dread hold Judge Dread and 2000 AD, the comic in high regard? Yes, I believe that they do. Um, <clears throat> Judge Dread is a festering pile of shit, um, and everyone involved in it um, should be thoroughly ashamed of themselves. The problem wasn't that he removed his helmet. That is a massive helmet. It's that... Um, <laughs> um, and there we go that's my dirty mind playing out that is a massive massive issue that he does remove his helmet the problem is is that Stallone didn't read Judge Dredd beforehand so had no idea what the character was about um, and he believed that the film should be played out as a comedy um, so he just went ahead and did that um, so I hate Judge Dredd I really do and I mean the film um, going back to what I said on last week's episode um, about nostalgia and holding certain things in, in high regard, as a child growing up, my dad collected comics. 2000 mm -hmm. AD was one of those comics. I grew up surrounded by Judge Dredd and the other judges. And we had I, there were pictures of them all over the house. And for me, the film Judge Dredd, as far as I'm concerned, is fucking mugging off my dad. Yeah, so they can just <laughs> stick that film up their asses. I will agree with Terry that Dredd is, an, is just... I absolutely love that film. It's such an extravaganza of a film. Carl Urban as Dredd is perfect. They 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 could could have really cast anyone. Um, mm. with regard, it doesn't didn't matter what they looked like in that sense, but I think he plays Dredd really well. Um, they, they shouldn't have had a love interest in the first one. That's not something that, yep. that Judge Dredd would have had. Um, so that was wrong. But they were, they were just pandering to the wrong audience because, again, they didn't know who the audience were and they didn't know who Judge Dredd was. Um, and like Terry said about the, the 3D, it's, I'm, I'm not a massive fan of 3D, no, but it's easily, as far as I'm concerned, the best 3D film that I've ever seen. Um, and those the drug is called slow-mo, so it allows yeah. people to um, experience things um, by, and it slows down the time. So those slow-mo effects, um, certainly with people falling um, in the 3D, just work really, really well. Um, so, yeah, my, my issues with this is, A, I don't consider it a remake. B, Judge Dredd is utter, utter dog shit. Um, but so part of the reason I included it was, A, because <coughs> we lost a few of my films within our other top fives, and plus I knew that that would set you off. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I'm really glad you did that because I I love I love having a good rant. But it really made me realise why Dan gets so angry about certain films because I don't understand his anger because those characters aren't important to me. But now I understand that anger because that character is important to me because it's part of my childhood, and it makes me want to. Given what we were talking about last week and how much we love the Expendables, Judge Dredd makes me want to punch. Sylvester Stallone so hard in a cock for what he's done. <laughs> so massive hard, helmet. a massive helmet, yeah. Just be like, do you do you understand how much I, I I'm mad at you about this? Um, and it's very important that you know how how awful you've been. Um, 
and next time don't just assume you know that you're doing the right thing just because of who he is they let him do that yeah well, it's the why did anyone put it? their foot down and go oh do us a favour mate and read a few of those comics it's, it's actually not funny yeah but Stallone had the power um, anyway Dan if you want to mute me again I'll carry on eating my shredded sure. wheat can I say something about Dread no okay <laughs> I'll let you <laughs> I, I, I love the Dread remake for many reasons one of which was that the budget limitations meant they had to really think about what they could do with it and that's why you get the Raid-esque kind of feel that's why you get the, the slow it's, it's it makes made them really have to, to it's given them problems that have made it a much richer film now the original Dread was a product of the 90s so like the Spawn film as well which is another abomination uh, which we're getting a remake, which is meant to be done by Todd McFarlane. So it yeah, might actually Jamie be, Fox. Yeah, as Spawn, which was announced this week, wasn't it? Um, that might actually be quite good. Um, but yeah, I like that. This is definitely an, a cult film now. It's not. They wasn't trying to make a blockbuster out of this, and as a result, it looks like we might get a Netflix series out yeah, of that, it. That's what they're talking about. Having said that, unfortunately, Judge Dredd's also considered a cult film as well. Cult <laughs> shit is what it yeah. is. It's it's not good. It's not a good film. I'll, I'll agree with that. But yeah. I'll yeah. So obviously remake. we're saying remake better. Oh, that. oh yeah. So you sorry, do. remake with as I say, it was more put in there because I didn't. You say remake, you. I say reboot. I just. I, I would say it is more of a reboot, but say I wanted. I was baiting you, Sonia. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> That's okay. Trend week. All right, so next up, I believe this is a film that Sonia hasn't... I don't know if it was both or the original. So Poseidon slash The Poseidon Adventure. I haven't seen either. So 1972 is the original, and then 2006 it was remade. So this is a giant like cruise liner that's in the middle of the ocean, gets hit by a giant wave, and is flipped upside down, much like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Um, nice! <laughs> and... Everyone is trapped on the top level, which has now become the bottom level, and they have to climb up through the ship the wrong way round. Um, so the original had like Gene Hackman as like the main star. He actually played a vicar slash priest, I guess, because it's American, uh, and he's on his way to Africa because he's been given a new parish because he wasn't doing so well in America, and he's almost having like a crisis of faith. But yeah, you end up with like this ragtag group who are getting through and there's bits that are underwater. They've got to climb the stairs the wrong way up. I mean, when it first flips, there's a bit where people are like holding onto the tables because obviously cause it's a cruise line and the tables are like bolted to the floor. So they're hanging and people are trying to help each other get down. Um, again, this is another film that's been parodied quite a lot. There's definitely been a Simpsons episode of the Poseidon Adventure. Um, and then, yeah, so it was remade. Kurt Russell takes on like the big part role. He's a fire chief who's on there with his daughter. Uh, Richard Dreyfuss it's got a much that bigger cast but it's the same thing so it flips over and it's just again I mean I love like a disaster film and this is like quite a sort of low-key version because it is just in a boat but they say there's the potential drownings there's fires there's all sorts going on and it's just both of them are just like fun's the wrong word but like gripping lots to keep you involved and like everyone gets like a bit there's I mean, in the original, there's a larger lady who turns out she was like an Olympic swimmer as a youngster, and she does a bit where they have to like do quite a lot of swimming underwater to see if there's somewhere else they can get out. And yeah, it's just like really gripping film. So I don't think I could pick a favourite out of them, just because the second one is more, or the remake is more just throwing effects in it, so it's a tsunami wave that flips it over rather than just like a little wave. Um, but yeah, just really, really enjoyable disaster movie. 
one thing I remember is, um, and this is my folks watching Poseidon Red. I've never seen, I haven't seen the remake, but the original, watching uh, Shelley Winters continually nearly die throughout the whole film. Yes. Um, there is a lot of that. Yeah. I, this is up there with Towering Inferno and films oh, yeah. that I could just put on on a That's Sunday, right for it? a remake show. Although, potentially yeah. that's Skycrust, exactly, right, starring yeah. The Rock. Hmm. Um, but yeah, just I, I think at the time they remade it, they also did like a TV version with Steve Guttenberg. Uh, which I haven't seen. I um, I'm back. By the way, I finished my shredded wheat. Um, I'll be honest. I always thought Poseidon was about a submarine. No, I mean. No, there you go. It depends what you class as a submarine, I suppose. But yeah, I would recommend. I would imagine both of them are dirt cheap. But yeah, I'd recommend either of them. Yeah, I'll give it a look. And that one doesn't ruin the other one, other than the fact the boat tips. Although mm. you were saying a little bit about the the lady being a former Olympic swimmer and having to sort of go underwater, I feel like I've. Yeah, they all wait, she swims, comes back. But I'm wondering if there's another film that I've seen like that recently, that's or maybe sort, an episode of something, because it really rings in a, a bell. Lot of, there's even a bit in Fireman Sam where someone does that. I sort wouldn't of a have seen it on trope. Fireman Sam. But it's just Fairly a sort of standard that. trope of people waiting, I'll, I'll swim, like yeah. the descendant, not the descendant, sorry, uh, the descent has bits like that as yeah, well. Yeah, no, it was definitely on a, on a ship that was going down. But anyway, <clears throat> yeah, I'll give that a look. Leslie Nielsen in a semi-serious role as well. Is he? Yeah, it's Captain been a while Patterson. since I've seen the yeah. original. It's because Leslie Nielsen before Airplane was a serious actor. Yeah. Well, even in Airplane, he's not necessarily a comedy actor. He's delivering the same lines. It's just the... Yeah. Well, mm. let's... I only know that because I've got IMDb in front of me, to be fair. So I'll chat. But yeah. But yeah, so yeah, The Poseidon Adventure, I'd recommend either of those. Uh, next up, Day the Earth Stood Still. So originally made in 1951. Like a very... I don't know if it would be cult or just held in high regard sci-fi film is it the one with a big robot thing on the yes. cover yes okay uh, whose name has completely escaped me Klaatu is that his name Bender it's not Bender it does look like um, but the base of the film is space UFO lands outcomes our hero and he's basically here to sort of see what's going on and the original is sort of about nuclear war and like trying to sort of have some sort of message around that and destroy people. The remake is about like greenhouse gases and us destroying the planet through those means, but it's a similar thing. There's lots of greenhouse gases in here. Oh, there is. The remake stars the fantastic Keanu Reeves as the oh, main alien. Oh, now we know why <laughs> you picked it. So, but the thing is, I, I know a lot of people don't rate Keanu Reeves and I get that, but this role was built for him because he plays an a emotion. Wood. He plays an emotionless alien. Oh, and, perfect. Like, his sort of blank look re- the same as it does with Neo it plays into the role really well he's very very good in this film um, and this the remake again obviously just ups the ante there's much more special effects have you found the name of the robot in the original it's the same is it I think it's Klaatu or Klaatu's uh, Keanu Reeves's yeah. oh okay yeah so, um, Gort Gort that's it sorry yeah Gort the robot basically Groot basically yeah, yeah. It's Gort. he's it he's <laughs> like the defense mechanism for the ship and like people try and blow him up but he's got like laser vision and stuff but yeah so they say the second one is more around what we're doing to the planet as a general population whereas the first one is about nuclear war jennifer Connolly's also in the remake and a young jaden smith who is fucking irritating uh, and also john cleese in a rare serious role as oh, well okay. as a scientist that they take Klaatu to to um try and convince him that there is hope because he's basically there to take samples from the planet so that we can like repopulate he's taking all the animals because it's not their fault um, I won't spoil the ending um, obviously he doesn't destroy the planet but yeah just really good like lo-fi sci-fi it's not like big things exploding although the second one does the remake does have explosions and stuff in it but it's just 
So that even the first one, it's just very subtle. It's much more subtle the first one because he like goes about living normally. It's not all about him being the alien. Um, but yeah, I would recommend either of those. Very very good films. Anything to add for either of you? I've, I've not again. I've not seen either. But um, I'll, if you if you say they're good, I'll give them a watch. I'll, I'll probably watch the original first. I'd say, I'd say watch the original first just because <clears throat> say the sec- the remake updates. Am I, think, am I thinking right? Is that is the original available? You know the. Uh, premium DVD yeah. uh, Blu-rays it's one of those isn't it, it probably is yeah. Yeah, as I say it's a lot of filmmakers like cite it as one of their favourite films and mm. an inspirational film so I imagine it would be like the Criterions and stuff like that no the, the, the ones that we do at work the premium ones they have which, which means I've probably got it at home if you want to borrow it Okay. Well, my dad's still. Oh, okay. It is very good. It's black and white, the original. Oh, lovely. Yeah, I imagine if there is like a nice Blu-ray transfer, that look crisp. Oh yeah, I bet. Um, but yeah, no, both very good films. Enjoy them. So then we move on to the horror section of my top fives, which are probably actually my top two within this list. So first up is Night of the Living Dead. So obviously the original invented the zombie as we know it now. George Romero back in 1968. Again, as we said with like Dread, a lot of the great stuff about this film was instigated by how little money they had and what they had to do. I mean, it was quite a um, sort of oh, what's that word? pioneering film. Obviously, back in the 60s, having a black male lead was quite something. And especially at one point, he slaps a white woman, which they say they cast him because he was the best actor that came for it. There was no connotation to him that he was that he was black and they didn't change anything based on the fact of him being black which I think helps the film I think if they'd have changed it so there was some sort of scene with him with people talking about the fact that he's black would have ruined it but obviously yeah the birth of zombies as we know it that just reanimated corpses eating people rather than the voodoo side of things which is what we'd seen up to that point um, obviously one of the greatest endings ever in a film I won't talk about I'm sure everybody <coughs> no, has seen it do you know what I'm not sure I have I'm not big on zombies Oh, I love the zombies. Besides the zombie fleshy. There's a lovely... Love um, those fuckers. There is a Blu-ray available of that. Again, obviously black and white, but that is a crisp-looking Blu-ray. I say I haven't seen it. I might have done it. I'm not going to... It's <clears> all. <throat> it's quite small. It's set all in like one farmhouse. Mm. Obviously, the iconic line, they st- it starts off in a graveyard with a couple... Not a couple, a brother and sister, and then a zombie attacks them. He gets dead she runs off and ends up in a farmhouse and then the rest of the film is all set in the farmhouse mm. maybe I, uh, maybe we're I coming to get it. you barbara is like the iconic line from the beginning no, i don't think i have but um, again i'll i will uh say so that is like an app, i've definitely got it on blu-ray i know they're i know they're favorites of yours but i don't yeah. i really don't think i've seen some of those early zombie films because zombies don't do it for me like other horror stuff oh, I, does. I, I love a zombie i know you do yeah uh, so then that was remade in 1990 by tom savini directing it uh, one of his few directorial features obviously he did the effects on the so other I might dead have films seen that one <laughs> yeah so this is again it's literally just like a sort of almost a colored update obviously much better effects um but it starts off some of the character beats have changed so in the original the the sister is like the screaming like woman in distress she's just there she screams she gets slapped by the black dude whereas in the remake she is like the stronger of the characters but everyone else is in there you've got people hiding in the basement the zombies come for everyone um but yeah it's just got it it's got a gorier vibe whereas i think the original's just got because it's all real in the original when there's zombies eating flesh they're eating like They've gone to a butcher's and bought offal yeah that's what they used to do wasn't it, it was yeah. the style of the time it was indeed so that sort of it looks better from that aspect, but yeah, it's a very good film. So it, the great ending from the first one, they don't copy it; they put their own twist on it, but mm. it's still a shocking ending. Yeah. So again, like seeing the first one, like 
the remake isn't ruined for you. There is different stuff in there. But yeah, I think Tom Savini did a really good job, again, as we said, like holding the original in high regard because him and Romero obviously had a really great relationship because he worked on the other dead films. Um, but yeah, both... I mean, I would probably go for the original on that just because the original is so iconic. It's such a... I mean, interesting fact about the original, they forgot to put copyright on it. So you could literally just remake it and you wouldn't have to pay anyone any money which is why there's so many remakes of it yeah. and you know like they did like a slightly colorized version because there is no copyright so i actually i, I genuinely think that <clears throat> there are so many sort of um um like copies and versions of certain films that you can get you know sometimes it's never quite clear if if it's a remake or yeah. or if you're watching the original and they change the cover and stuff like that and i think as a consumer Possibly, I've got just like massively overwhelmed with the amount yeah, of like they, honestly, something something of the dead films that are available, and I actually don't know what I'm watching. When yeah. and is it part of this set? Is it part of that set? Is it an original? So I so, say, Night of the Living Dead has been remade more than once. I think there's like a 3D version. So it's been released multiple times under different. Because originally it was called like Night of the Demons, and that had the copyright label. Mm. And they, at the last minute, they changed the title of it, and they forgot now to put the copyright logo mm. on the Night of the Living Dead. Um, Night of the Demons rings a bell. There's definitely a film called Night of the Demons, but it was never released under Night of the Demons. Okay, oh so. Um, but yeah, that's it's subsequently been remade. Most of Romero's films have been, been mm. remade at some point. Um, but yeah, both of those films absolutely fantastic. Dan, any input? Uh, I love the original. I can't say I've seen the remake. Um, didn't really just fire off on my radar at all. But uh, George Romero films, just those kind of films that I can just put on and just enjoy. He gets impending doom oh, better yeah. than anyone else, pretty mm. much. Um, and the films might look dated, but the the real feeling of of isolation is, is something. Don't talk he... too much about it because it might come up again. Oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, I really like it. Yeah. So. Top of the list, and this probably would genuinely be top of my remakes, it would be up there with Halloween or it, is the Dawn of the Dead remake. Mm. So obviously the original from, where have I written it down? 1978. 1978. Vintage year. Yeah, so obviously it was the sequel to Night of the Living Dead, which we just spoke about, so it was a 10-year gap, and this just escalated. So we're in colour now. This one is set predominantly in a shopping mall with three protagonists. Um, Again, it's full of zombies, I mean, the zombies in this, they're sort of laughable in a way because it's just people with their faces painted grey. And the big thing with Romero zombies, which we'll get onto as part of this, I love a staggering zombie as opposed to a sprinting zombie. I just think there's something... If you if sprinting zombies arrives, everyone's fucked. You're dead. Mm. Whereas with a staggerer, you feel like there's hope, but there probably isn't. Uh, and I love it. It's almost like when you get like with Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers, they don't run. They're just slow and steady, but you know they're going to catch them. Oh, God, yeah. And there's something scarier about that than, say, that, as has that, been said in many films, it's the hope that kills you. Um, so, yeah, so, literally, like, a massive iconic film, obviously, again, as the one that's been remade multiple times. But, yeah, you've got the three key people in them all. It sort of starts off, oh, it's brilliant, we've got a safe place to live, and they live happily, and then just like the impending doom as Dan said about sets in like we're trapped here forever what are we going to do more and more zombies are coming round and then eventually they get broken into by like a motorcycle gang and it's like what do they do there but it's just yeah the doom of it all the so again like we were talking do about do you know earlier. what it sounds like to me what Walking Dead <laughs> there are hints of the Walking Dead <laughs> I feel like maybe the Walking Dead was inspired <laughs> maybe. by maybe 
Um, but again, it's like, as we said, earlier, it's the grittiness of it. It's like, it's like really shit coloured blood, but it just really creeps me out. And Tom Savini was involved by this point, and there's lots of visceral. I mean, like a guy gets eviscerated, mm. which becomes a, a Romero trope, where literally he's on the floor and just gets pulled to absolute pieces, mm. and they're ripping his guts clean out of his body, and yet in a good way makes me creep out on those because it's just so well done. And That's just, like a zombie thing, isn't it? Like yeah, again, another thing out. that Romero like invented. Mm. Well, not invented, but like made mainstream. So, say many remakes, but the one I want to talk about is the 2004 version, which was Zack Snyder's directorial debut mm. for a feature. Obviously, much maligned Zack Snyder in recent years, but that film is just... So it does have sprinting zombies, but they're done so well... And it has possibly one of the best credit scenes of a film, like opening credit scene, with <clears throat> Johnny Cash's When the Man Comes Around over the top. But basically it starts... Obviously, the original Dawn of the Dead follows on from night, so it kicks straight off with zombies everywhere, whereas the remake has to set it up a bit. So you have like a little like prologue <laughs> with our main character, who's now a woman, not a man. Oh, shit. Um, and like she works in an emergency room, and there's lots of like fake-outs of, oh, here comes a zombie, here mm. comes a zombie... And then just such a creepy scene. Her and her husband are in bed and the little girl from next door appears in their room and they're like, oh God, she's hurt. She's obviously a zombie. She sprints, jumps up on the partner, rips his throat clean out. So therefore the partner changes almost instantly. There's a really sort of painful looking fall into a bathtub and then she escapes, has a car crash and then we cut into like the credits. I say they're beautiful credits with like blood all over them and like just impossible to describe but just really beautiful and then it kicks into the main film Ving Rhames is in it as like the no-nonsense cop um, again they end up a shopping mall the main difference is there's a lot more people in this one it's not just the three mm. you've got I think like ten lots of people arrive while they're on there it's like the interplay in those relationships but this one I think just has more of the foreboding and doom about it because because of the effects as we've said like the zombies build up and up and in this like there are so many zombies around this shopping mall it's just it's a thing to behold but there there's some great laughs in there there's some great humor there's some amazing action set pieces in it there's a bit where they're down in the basement and a, a legless zombies climbing around on like all the pipes it's just such such a great film just very quickly i was just reading on imdb to to look at the pictures to see if i've seen this i think this is probably the one that i've seen or the uh, the original anyway um the, in the remake, the the limbless zombies were actually played by amputees. Yes, yeah, save money. There's people without arms, say the people without legs. Uh, I think all of the principal cast of the original get cameos in this as well, but they're very small cameos. And so I think this film just really set Zack Schneider up as like a very good visual director. There's lots of lovely visuals in this, and it's obviously before he had enough power to like do what he did with like the Batman and Superman. But we won't <laughs> get into that here and now. But yeah, I just such I could watch I don't think I could pick one the main issue with the original Dawn is it is very long mm. but once you get into it it doesn't feel long but it's one of those if you're looking oh I've got X amount of time to watch a film you're very rarely going to pick Dawn there is an amazing Blu-ray that I've got which is an Arrow Blu-ray mm. and it's it's like a five disc set it's got Ooh. four different versions of the film because the original was cut to ribbons by censors because there's child zombies in it which in one version, I forget which one, the lead like brutally murders them because they're zombies, but certain people cut it out because like, you can't have your lead killing children. Um, but yeah, just fantastic films. Pick up, pick them up. They're great. Um, 
Yeah, I'll, def- I'll definitely give it. Oh, I've, I've always meant to watch your uh, what I consider your zombie films. Mm. Yeah, the, the Romero, the original trilogy, Night, Dawn and Day. Day is very underrated, mm. but that's not on this list because it only has one remake. And it is- no, no, there's another one on Netflix now, and they are all fucking awful. Yeah, the remakes mm. are terrible for those. Um, the other thing worth mentioning about Dawn of the Dead is... It's easy to forget that James Gunn wrote a lot of horror films before. He oh yeah, Guardians I forgot about. Yeah, he wrote the screenplay. Obviously, James Gunn of Guardians of the Galaxy fame. Same year he wrote Scooby Doo too. <laughs> so um, yeah, and it's. I think it's a great film. And you, you mentioned about the zombies as well. They're, yeah, they're fast zombies in this. Yeah, one. but I feel like they managed to make it work in this. But say for me, a stagger is always going to be a scarier proposition. Yeah. I, I, I think it depends on the situation. So, like, 28 Days Later, for example, has the fast zombies. They're not zombies. But they are zombies. <laughs> <laughs> They're infected people. Oh, with the rage virus. Yeah, yeah I know. But they're zombies. No, but again, that works. But yeah. I think, on the whole now, people seem to go, oh, yeah, Sprint is a, a scarier. But they're not. Because I say, if there were sprinting zombies, we're mm. basically fucked. Yeah, what was the thing I read about? If, if zombies were the, the staggering kind, we'd have it sorted in about 12 weeks. But, yeah, um, I don't know that we would, but I just feel like you say there is the hope, there is the thought of, oh yeah, if I can just keep moving, but obviously in most parts they think that and then end up getting surrounded and then you're fucked. Yeah, that's that's. Um, the... But yeah, I, I absolutely adore zombies and zombie films. I, I mean, I really like the Dawn of the Dead remake. It's one of those ones, the ones again, that I can just sit down and watch yeah. over and over again. It's just, yeah, it's an easy watch. Some great cast. I mean, so the people in it, so you've got the lead from Modern Family is in it as a very, very horrible well, I thought, bastard. Yeah, I thought I saw his picture. Uh, you've got, I forget his name, but the guy in House of Cards, Kevin Spacey's like go-to, get jobs done man, he's in it. You've got early 2000s Michael Mackay Pfeiffer. I was just about yeah. to say, that's, is that the guy from uh, 8 Mile? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Ving Rhames, Sarah Polly, she's done quite a few films, she's like the lead in it. But yeah, no, some great cast and say there's not a weak link amongst the cast. But yeah, no, I absolutely love that film. Yeah, I'll have to give it a look. I haven't, um, apart from that... Again, I've, obviously, I own it, so I can lend it to you. Apart from that abortion that you mentioned at the start, I haven't seen any of your films. <laughs> there you go. You've learned something this week, son. Yeah. You've come away with a to-watch list. Yeah. Right. So next up. Right, so next up, when I was compiling my own uh, top five, I had quite a lot of... Right, okay, so we undenard, didn't we, Terry, about what to what to include in this yes. um in this episode, if you like, with regards to remakes. And Terry and I as you probably gathered, watched quite a lot of horror. And we didn't want it to be too horror heavy. Um so we decided to um to leave the Asian horror remakes for a a Halloween episode or another episode maybe all on their own, because um there are a lot of them and we enjoy them. Um, when I was compiling my own personal top five, I think I had three world cinema titles in there. So I decided to replace the Asian horror segment with a world cinema segment. Um, I know. Um, I thought we'd go with that as well because, um, let's, I think they've re, uh, I think the, for the phrasing used in the awards, uh, world now is films not in the English language. Mm, yes. Uh, when you go shopping for DVDs or Blu-rays, they tend to be under their heading world cinema. Um, and you know, obviously for, to the, for the films to reach a wider audience and to it certainly to appeal, I think to the American audience, a lot of the times if a film is popular, enough or critically acclaimed enough it will get an american remake certainly i used to hate working in hmv and someone would ask like oh have you got good horrors or and i, oh, I can't subtitled mm. yeah like, um 
But, but you know, for some people, that, that that's an issue and they don't enjoy um, watching. Sometimes I do think subtitles can be a little bit distracting. I find um, they get me into the film more because you can't yeah. look away. I mean, I personally have got no issues with subtitles and I love listening to films not in the English language um, just because I, I just like listening uh, to the other languages. But um, but I've, I've picked five films that I enjoyed both versions of um i might go on a little bit because as I, I have to say that a couple of these films were actually in my initial top five so some of these films i possibly Strapping like people i possibly like a bit more than it's getting warm the other top again. five it's getting warm so i'll try not to go on too long so the first one that i've written down these aren't necessarily in an order although i think my number one might be my number one um girl with the dragon tattoo um so originally a, a Swedish film, um, the original was made or, or came out uh, in 2009 and then the remake 2011. So based on the series of books by uh, Stig Larsson, I think I'm saying the name right. Um, <coughs> so essentially the story is a, dis um, a disgraced um, reporter, I think he is, um, is sent to investigate... Um, uh, a murder or, or look into a family and um, he needs some help so he ends up getting the help of a uh, computer I think she's a computer hacker slash investigator for like a private firm she's the girl with the dragon tattoo she's got a tattoo on her back so her name is Elizabeth Salander that's who the uh, girl with the dragon tattoo is um, so in the original she's played by Numi Rapace in the remake yes and I also think played brilliantly in the remake by Rooney Mara. Mm -hmm. um, I, 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 I love the story. Um, they're looking into this family. They're looking into an old murder. Very um, twisty, so they, they start investigating this family. Um, and I, I just think it's such a fantastic story. And I really think both versions of the film are so well done. I mean, I really think that the the popularity of the books helped get this um its american remake um and i the the remake for me is so stylish and just looks it's so david fincher isn't it so it it just looks stunning and i i just think it it's it's so my cup of tea and also as well it opens to, as it, ironically, as it's a remake, it opens with a cover oh, of my favourite song of all time, the Immigrant Song, done so, like sung by Karen O, and it's such it an is, amazing cover as well, and it goes so perfectly with the opening fits, credits. The changes they've made fit so perfectly with the film. Um, the original won um, the BAFTA for Best Foreign Language Film, um, and the remake um, won uh, the Best Editing Oscar. Um, and I really, really rate the remake of Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I, <coughs> I just think it's a stunning-looking film. It's an amazing soundtrack done by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. And I think their, their soundtrack, we're going off on a tangent slightly, their soundtrack work that they've been doing is brilliant. Um, and I have the soundtrack to this. Um, I absolutely love it. And I, would, I, I don't know if they're going to do... I have to say, I haven't watched um, the other two parts of the trilogy, which oh, have not brilliant. been remade. I do have them. Um, but I've not watched them, um, and I, I'm not sure if I've read the book. I've got a feeling I have read The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, but possibly not the other two. Um, but that's, they're making an American sequel that's a prequel. Is, it prequel? Yeah, but yeah. This, is that the spider something? Yeah, yeah with Claire Foy now yeah. playing um, Elizabeth. 
So I saw, um, yeah, will she make a good Elizabeth? I don't know. I think the two actresses they chose to play Elizabeth were so, so perfect. Um, Would you like an interesting fact about that? Go on then. So when, obviously, they were casting the remake, Emma Watson really wanted it, and that's why she cut her hair off to prove that Mm. she was committed to playing the girl with the dragon tattoo and then didn't get the part. Oh, it's not not the fact. um, Oh, no, the fact that I had about Emma Watson... Um, which has gone past. So last week I mentioned Beauty and the Beast. This is my interesting fact about um, Emma Watson. She was offered the lead in La La Land and yeah. turned it down to do Beauty and the Beast. Ryan Gosling was offered the role of Beast and turned it down to do La La Land. Yeah. Um, That's like the Garfield thing hmm? about the guy who does the voice of Garfield and Peter Venkman in the Ghostbusters and Garfield cartoon. And Bill Murray does the voice of Garfield and his Peter Venkman in the films. Oh, that is a nice little fact. Um, it's nothing like what you said, though. I realise that. And just, no, it kind of is. And just as a little um, aside, because it might come up uh, later, the remake of Girl with the Dragon Tattoo stars Stellan Skarsgård, which is interesting because obviously the original is Swedish. Because mm. they it's still set in Sweden, isn't it? The remake. They yeah. Kept that, Every, that everyone, landscape. everyone sort of speaks with the. Yeah. The one thing I didn't accent. like about the remake was just how they have to explain everything. So there's a... I mean, Lisbeth is horrendously raped in both mm. versions of the film by yeah. her... Like, is it a Soci- care, social, social worker, worker, care worker? basically, yeah. So in the original, she's horrendously raped. She goes into the shower and she's, like, covered in blood. In the remake, just as he's about to rape her, he turns around and says, I hope you like anal sex. And it's just the fact they had to, like, explain that in that one, whereas mm. you got it from the original by how Nomi replaced... But... Acted to it. It just seemed a bit on the nose. I know, I know Dan said about this before. Um, I may be speaking out of turn here. So we've said that to appeal to a, a larger audience, and let's be honest, it's aiming it at the American yeah, audience. It's explaining everything. Do we sometimes think that they're explaining these things because for some people they need explaining? That's what I mean. They that's... don't need explaining to us. No, that's the problem. But they don't leave anything to re- up to your imagination. All three of us in this room, and probably anyone who's listening to this, can happily watch The Girl with the Dragon Tattoos because we can handle subtitles yep. because it's not a problem. Those people that can't handle subtitles, because not because they find it distracting, but because oh, I'm not watching that, it's shit because it's not English, which well, is what to quote someone IT said crowd, to me I can't read while I'm also trying to watch things. Yeah, so for those people that can't multitask, they probably do need to be told that she's being anally raped. Yeah, yeah I mean... I'd imagine it was in there for effect more than anything yeah. else, just to really hammer home the point that she's not. It's I mean, I don't think you got the point that she might have been enjoying it. Up no, to that no, point. exactly. Yeah. But um, um, as you say, hammer home. She does get a lovely bit of revenge. Oh, yeah. oh my god, yes. Yeah. She is um, probably up there as one of my favourite female leads. Oh my god, oh, yeah. yes. Um, just in the sense that if you wanted a, a strong female character, oh yeah, like at every point throughout the trilogy, she's told not to do things, yeah. and she just does them anyway. I mean, the trilogy just sort of backfills how she's got to that point because yeah. obviously she's looked at as is it mental, like mentally incapable. Yeah. Uh, but mm. yeah, no, the uh, the rest of the trilogy are very good. Again, I remember working in HV and someone asking for the Daniel Craig sequels. I was like, they don't exist. Here's a box set with the originals. Mm. They're brilliant. Watch. Oh, but some people just don't like it, yeah, do they? It's just odd. Um, so yeah, I think that's awesome, and also the soundtrack is awesome. So mm. check that out. Uh, so the next one on my list. So staying roughly 
Yeah, uh, not roughly. In the same part of the world, another Swedish film. Uh, Let the Right One In, uh, which came out in 2008, remade as Let Me In in 2010. Um, so this is, a, this is a vampire movie, but um, a nice, uh, nicely done one, a not sort of like over-the-top, uh, pointy-teeth version. Um, so a young boy is being bullied. He lives in like basically a block of flats, um, and he prevent, uh, befriends a girl who moves into his block of flats. And at first, it's just like, it's weird. She goes out and she plays in the playground at night time. Yeah. She, she never eats. Um, she has to be invited in. And it turns out that, um, lo and behold, she's a vampire. Um, it's set in the 80s. It it, it it looks like it is. I just really, really love the way it's filmed. Um, Very stylish, because obviously the snow and the blood mm. look beautiful. Um, yeah, those kind of things. The original actually contained um, th- these kind of things. I, I, love sh- I love stuff like this. Like the original film, in almost every scene, there's something red or red yeah. reddish coloured to... Um, sort of symbolise the fact that that's her food source. Um, and I, I really love some of that. And also as well, it's got two, you know, it's it's kids playing the leads, but they, they do it so well. I've only seen um, the original, I've not seen the remake. So I thought the... Um, I thought the remake was um, nicely done with mm. uh, Chloe Grace Moore, Moretz. Is that one, her yeah. same? Um, Hit girl. Um, yeah, yep. and I, I'm sorry, I don't know the boy's name um, because it is about the... Well, I say the female lead. So in the, I didn't realise this. I assumed it was a girl in the original. It's actually um, a... It's... Um, uh, what do they call it? Uh, uh, androgynous hmm. is the word I'm looking for. Cody um, Schmidt-McPhee is the boy yeah. in the American. Um, in the original... Um, I, I thought I thought the vampire was a girl. Actually, it's a, a boy that's been castrated. Mm. Where and and in and then is portrayed as an androgynous character. In it. but in in the remake, um, it's, it's, uh, the character is portrayed as a girl. Um, and I yeah, I just thought it was another sort of like just a solid remake. They've chosen two sort of like young leads who are just. It's just quite an like understated film. It doesn't sort of. You know, some vampire films, I love vampire movies, but, you know, it doesn't all have to be about sexy, pointy-teeth vampires. Yeah. You know, let's let's be honest. If if vampires were a thing, it's quite feasible that kids are going to be turned and then they've still got to survive somehow. The way she survives in the second film is, a, you know, is a little bit different. Again, they've just turned it up a notch, you know, for the for the wider audience. Um, and that's fine. But again, two, two solid films. I've definitely watched the original over the remake, but I think the remake's very good. But another film sprung um, into mind, which I watched recently, which I, I picked up, if I'm honest, because I thought the cover was amazing, a film called Transfiguration. Have you seen it, Terry? No. Um, and it's about, again, it's got two um, young people in the lead, um, and it's about um, a boy and a girl who live in a block of flats. Again, they're both bullied or don't really have any friends, and they're so, so they're drawn to each other, but the boy believes he's a vampire. He's not. But or not in the traditional sense, you know, because he still gets up and goes to school every day, so he's out in the daylight. But he he believes he has to um, drink blood. Um, but the 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 sort of the age of the two leads and the the storyline with their sort of like backgrounds and you know being bullied yeah. and being drawn to each other, it kind of reminded me a little bit of that. Um, but I could definitely remember uh, recommend let the right one in and let me in, and also Transfiguration if you want to give it a little watch. Um, okay, so the next one on my list is the only film that I didn't um, re-watch because um, it genuinely gives me 
the fucking shits. It scares me silly, and that's The Room. Um, now, the original was made in 1998. The remake was 2002. And I remember going to see the remake at the cinema, and I saw the remake first, and I know quite a lot of people who saw it that way around. I remember going to the cinema with a, a guy that I was kind of seeing at the time, and that's completely irrelevant, but <laughs> he was a hot guy. But um, <laughs> anyway... If you remember that, well done. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I remember we went because he wanted to see it because he'd seen the original, right? That film fucking scared me silly. I yeah, was, I've only I was seen the remake. absolutely beside myself in the cinema and I thought it was a genuinely good fucking creepy film. I, of course, went home and watched the original straight after and, oh, my God, I honestly think since that time I've only watched both films once, once again and... Dan will appreciate how disturbing I find this, but probably for different reasons. The box set of the original three films comes in a lenticular box. Dan hates the feel of lenticular, but we know how lenticular works, that the image moves, and it's her, the, the girl, coming out of the TV screen. So as you walk past, so, you know, as, as probably you gather, Terry and I used to work together at HMV, you would walk past the horror section if that fucking ring box set was face on. As you walked past it, you saw her coming out the TV Samara. at you. <gasps> So um, the um, so the general premise of uh, the ring is there's a cursed videotape. If you watch the videotape, you die within seven days. There's a journalist looking into these deaths. She obviously watches the videotape, so she then has to, I think, find out. Yeah, she's um, trying to find out why. Isn't she, she she wants to know what happened to the little girl. I think in the hopes of her, you know, what not? I think in the hopes of her not dying herself. So in the original, the little girl's called Sadako. I think I'm saying that right. And Samara is probably the, the better known name of the remakes. Now, the thing that absolutely gives me the willies, and I think what Asian horror does so well, is that they use movement, oh. for me, to create the scares. The so, way she moves. So she's got these real like jerky movements as she's wa- walking towards you. This is the, the girl who's in the videos. As she's moving towards you and she comes out of the well and she moves towards you. And I read years ago how they created this and it's so simple. And what they do is they get her to walk backwards and then they play it forwards. That's and so cool. that's isn't that such yeah. an isn't that yeah. such a simple effect? But that's how they create those jerky movements. And there's it's not on my list, but the the grudge films, when they the she's coming down the stairs and she's just you just think she's just crawling downstairs, but she crawls downstairs and makes a weird clicking noise. The way they use movement and sound is so creepy. So yeah, The Ring, I think I personally really enjoyed the remake. Um, I think the original is better. Um, but if you're one of those people that can't get on with subtitles, then um, watch the original and I, uh, watch the remake and it's still legitimately creepy, it's, I think. It's a great, it's almost a detective story as well. You, yeah. you start off with a situation and then you work backwards as to what yeah. it is that happened throughout it. And the other thing I really like about it is how simple what it is that makes it creepy. It's the eyes, the hair, and the movement, and that's mm. all it is. Um, but all of that is really, really, uh, yeah, it wigs me out a bit. Yeah. Sometimes it's the simple stuff that gets you, though. Yeah, yeah. It? Um, okay, so the next one on my list, and this could have been number one if I liked the remake better. Um, but first of all, I'm going to ask Dan, he might know the answer to this question off the top mm. of his head, or he might be able to look it out. Do you know when the album Zuropa came out? Um, Zuropa. Maybe Dan like can have a little look at that. Nineties. So, the film, um, the next film on my list, I became aware of um, after watching the Zuro, uh, uh, the video to Far Away So Close. Nineteen ninety three. 
Far Away So Close from the Zoo Roper album. You too, Terry. I, um, I knew that. Thank okay, you very I'm much. Just, I'm just clarifying. Um, a, a black and white video. Um, anyway, and I was I was reading some um, reading something about it, and it was um, take. There were scenes taken or shots taken directly from a film, and then the rest of the video is inspired by the film Wings of Desire, uh, which came out in 1987, a German French film, um, which I then wanted to watch because at the time I I liked I liked that album, I liked that video, and. You know, I love reading stuff like that, that. You know, the fact that this music video was inspired by a film and that scenes from the film were actually used in a video. So Wings of Desire, if you uh, don't know, it's the story of... Um, it's, it's, it's about angels. So you've got a main character, um, Damiel, um, who is an angel, and his, his I guess, his best angel mate, if you like, Cassiel, um, <laughs> And they they ob- observe people, and um, provide comfort to people, or try to provide comfort to people. Now, the only people that can see the angels are other angels and children. Um, so they all sort of like walk through. They might. Um, so they they're based in Berlin, um, and they might walk through, say, a library or a, or a train carriage, and nobody will pay them any attention because they can't see them. But you see the kids looking up and like making eye contact with them and stuff. And the, the dialogue that you can hear throughout most of the film is, is people's thoughts, because they can hear people's thoughts. And there's just scenes where they um, they want to provide comfort to people, and they'll just sit. So there's a scene in a train carriage um, where Damiel just sits next to a man who's having thoughts that he can't carry on, and he sits next to him. And he, I don't think he puts his arm around him, but he just sort of touches his head to, to, the, to the man's head, and... And the guy's thoughts start to change. We sort of thinking, well, maybe if I did this, I can like pull it around. And I, as like, I don't think I believe in angels, um, but I know some people do. Some people very close to me do believe in angels. So I'm not going to poo-poo people's beliefs, but I just think it's such a nice or like comforting theme that these people are here and they're trying, or these angels are here and they're trying to provide comfort. And there's another scene where a guy is about to jump off of a building and the character Cassiel tries to provide him with comfort. And he do- and the guy jumps, he commits suicide and you see then Cassiel's despair that he wasn't able to save this, this person from jumping. And I, it's, um, and again, I hope I'm pronouncing the name right. It's Vim Vendors uh, yeah. directed, um, film and it's it's i think it, it is a very like it's one of these like critically acclaimed film i think when it came out it's, it's on many of these you know films you must yeah, watch not before seen it, you but die i've heard a lot mm. about it um like i say i wanted to watch it after watching the u2 video um i've re-watched it recently i watched it ages and ages ago um and now that i'm a bit older and i appreciate film a lot a, a differently i've probably got more from it um it's it's black and white, which is how I think the um, angels see. Um, and it's filmed the, what, the way they got the black and white effect. Um, apparently, I, I love stuff like this. Why not just film it in black and white? But no, they use uh, the the cinema photographer. Cinema used, photographer. Cinematographer, whatever they are, used. Um, the, his, no, his grandmother's stocking. Like, like, why do that? But it does create, there's this slight blurriness to it. Um, so it's in black and white. Um, essentially, the uh, main character, Damiel, f- um, falls in love 
uh, with someone. He's so there's a there's a circus in town. He's observing uh, the people at the circus. And he falls in love with a trapeze artist, and he wants to feel human emotions um, and physical feelings. And he so he be- he becomes mortal. Uh, oh, Peter, I know what this was remade as. Yeah, same. Pe- yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter Falks is in it. Um, um, I think as himself because he's part of a film crew that's there and they actually call him Peter Fawkes at one point and um, th- there's a nice little twist with him in it which and I found you know I found his character really lovely as well um, you know so we go through the story of Damiel becomes mortal but he's still got to find this lady and he he's fallen in love with her but will she fall in love with him um, that's the whole story this film for someone who like loves Film, I believe, is important to watch. Also, it really has, I think, plays. We're talking about watching films and um, them having nostalgic feelings, or depending on when you watch them. I think the fact that I rewatched it recently, I've seen it in a completely different way, and it affected me um, quite a lot watching it um, recently. I also rewatched the remake, and I can't say that it affected me quite as much. Um, I, I thought I was going to find the remake sadder than I did when I rewatched it. So the remake is City of Angels from 1998 with Nicolas Cage and Meg Ryan. So Nicolas Cage plays the Damiel character, um, although his name is Seth, and <laughs> and Meg Ryan plays what would have been the trapeze artist character in the original film. She plays a heart surgeon. So the the story has changed. Yeah, I appreciate the fun. The story has changed in that um, in this version of it, uh, Dam- uh, yeah, I'm going to call him Dammit. So the Nicolas Cage character can allow himself to be seen by people. So she's able to see him, yeah? In, in the original, the trapeze artist, she can't see this angel that's in love with her, but she can kind of sense him around her. So there's a scene in a nightclub. Oh, and actually, they go to a Nicolas... Uh, um, a Nick Cave concert in the original, so that's kind, of, that's kind of cool. And she's dancing, and he just touches her fingertips, and she's thinking to herself, she feels an overwhelming sense of well-being. And I, I just, I thought that kind of stuff was just really nice. It kind of lost in the remake. The remake, the remake is nice enough. They tweet it up um, horribly, but um, a nice little thing which I liked when I rewatched uh, the remake, which I would not have realised second time round, is that. Cassiel, like his best angel mate, is played by Captain Holt, a very young Captain Holt um, in City of Angels. I don't know his real name because he's just Captain Holt to me now. Um, so it's, I, would, I would say that City of Angels is a lot more accessible to the average movie viewer. And I don't mean to sort of like dumb down people here, but it's definitely a dumbed down version of what I consider to be an incredible film, uh, which is Wings of Desire. That's our neighbours out in the garden. Um, so I have gone on about this quite a bit because a Wings of Desire I do consider to be... Yeah, cut it out there. <laughs> ...to be quite incredible. I probably like that on the same level as you like your zombie movies. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, yeah. I'm um, just being facetious. I, I, yeah, I know. I would say the greatest compliment that you can give someone when, when talking about something is that it's made you want to watch it. Yeah, I definitely want to watch it. it yeah. Um, the Nick Cage version. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, Sea <laughs> of Angels. I love the Goo Goo Dolls, <coughs> so... Oh, yeah. They made an entire career out of that, haven't they? Um, so, moving on. Um, to to my and this film is is easily in my top five remakes and it's I, I, as a film I just enjoy it a lot anyway and this has made my number one because I like the remake and the original so much and it's Insomnia, 
um, a Norwegian film. So the original came out in 1997. The remake was 2002. So if you haven't seen Insomnia, uh, it's about a murder investigation. Um, and one of the um, investigators accidentally shoots his partner. He tries to cover it up. Unfortunately, the killer of the murders that he's there to investigate witnesses him. And there's a little cat and mouse game that ensues. There's also a little local uh, detective who's investigating the shooting of the partner. Um, and so she gets involved. So there's two investigations running in tandem. Um, but essentially you have a lead character who is suffering from insomnia um, because they are in set in a town or village that doesn't have a night time. So the original is Norwegian, so there's a 24-hour daylight cycle in the, the town that it's set in, so it, it never goes dark in the winter. Apparently it's dark all the time, but it's very light. In the remake, which stars... So the original stars Stellan Skarsgård, which is why I mentioned him right at the start. Um, and the remake stars Al Pacino in the same role, and they go to Alaska, I think, in the remake, uh, again, where it's uh, light all the time. But what's really nice about Insomnia, which makes it different to other sort of like crime movies um, or like killer movies, is that normally the bad guy would run away and maybe hide in the shadows. And what these films do is they actually film it like super, super bright. So the original Insomnia, especially, is incredibly bright to highlight the fact that it's 24-hour uh, daylight cycle. Um, and so there's nowhere for anyone to hide. And the, the only time you see people hiding is when it becomes foggy, but it's still yeah. very bright. Um, there was a little um, quote at the start of the um, original one where they're looking at... They're, they're basically examining one of the bodies and the killer has cleaned the body up. So he's washed the hair, he's scrubbed it I've clean, stuff like that. I've only seen the remake. Um, you should really watch the original. It's, it's, it's really, really good. Um, the, the killer has cleaned the body up so well, they're just like, we're never going to find any clues. And one of the other investigators says, even the best make mistakes. And I always thought that that was a little hint, actually, towards what's going to happen later mm. on in the film when Stellan Skarsgård character then goes on to make a mistake. Um, and... The remake, like I said, has got Al Pacino as, as the lead and it stars Hilary Swank as the local investigator. Um, and I love her. So, again, she's one of those actresses for me that will make me want to watch a film. And it's got Robin Williams in... During uh, his creepy series. phase. Mm. Yeah, so he did one hour photo, I think the same yeah. year. Um, and two very sort of like similar He was very roles. good at that. Because um, I think you didn't expect it from him as where it played into it. No. And directed by Christopher Nolan. Yeah, one of his um, early films. Which, uh, generally, I, I wouldn't seek out... Uh, I don't think I seek out Christopher Nolan films. I was actually surprised when I found out that, actually... Because that's not what drew me to Insomnia. I, I watched the remake of Insomnia because I love the original so much, and I like the uh, remake as well. I think it's really, really a uh, good remake of an already fantastic film. Um, and I know it's getting hot in here, so I will zip it for now. That's my five current favourite non-Asian horror world cinema remakes. Just quickly on Insomnia, it weaponises cinematography as well. It uses the cinematography as um, an expression of his him not being able to sleep. So, mm. like, it, it really, it really focuses on on 
you really feel like you're in that situation. Yeah, that's it's what so I was good. sort of saying when you went out about those. Yeah. All the all the scenes are like like hyper bright, aren't they? Mm. Um, and there's even certain scenes where they're in a room and there's a load of post-it notes on the wall, and it's almost as if there's a there's glare coming off of them. Um, but you know, anyone who's never or anyone who's not been able to sleep, I think, can um, mm. sympathise with that lead character who gets no darkness at all to try and be mm. able to uh, to get any sleep. I could thoroughly recommend both versions. Yeah. And watch Wings of Desire. Yeah. It's hashtag amaze. I'm done. I'm all done. It's all you yours sure? now, Terry. Now that I've talked about five amazing films, ten amazing films, really, you can talk about some nine amazing films in City of Angels. You can talk about some <laughs> shit ones now. And, and Dan, have you been building up your fury? Yeah, a little bit, but I've got a good one as well. I've just remembered a good one that, that got a remake that was really well, you, bad. Well, you've missed well. your time for that one. Sorry. So, yeah, so we're <laughs> going to move on to the... I mean, I've called it my why did they do it top five, but obviously you know why they're doing it, but it's just why did they do what they did. So these are what we would call crap remakes. So we'll start with one where the original is incredibly close to my heart, not only because of the lead actor, but it's a great film. So Point Break. <laughs> 1991, Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze. It's just a brilliant film. So if you don't know it, Keanu Reeves plays Johnny Utah, what a name, who goes undercover because he thinks that the dead presidents who are a gang of bank robbers are actually surfers. So he goes undercover and meets Patrick Swayze's Bodie. Again, what a name. And essentially... Falls in love. It's not his sister, is it? It's just like his ex-girlfriend or something like that. You made it sound like he fell like he fell in love with his own sister. Oh no! It's like he falls in love with Bodie's (laughs) ex-girlfriend. She teaches him to surf, um, and yet suffers. There are great parallels with the Fast and the Furious. Mm. So it's the same thing. Cop goes undercover. Didn't someone basically say that Fast and Furious was a remake of Point? It's like a reimagining, yeah. You're just moving Break. it from surfing to cars. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so it turns out that he was right. They are the dead president, and it's then him trying to bring them down without giving himself away. Obviously, highly parodied in Sean, not Sean of the Dead, Hot Fuzz. Uh, but, yeah, a great film. So, yeah, this was remade a couple of years ago in 2015. There was a widespread cry of why when they announced it. Uh, I don't even know the name of the guy who plays Johnny Utah in this film. Uh, Ray Winston plays a part in it and then um, oh really famous world cinema actor plays Bodie but Stellan Skarsgård no not quite but they basically ramped it up so instead of just being surfers they are now adrenaline junkies so they go um, I don't know it's like parachuting but it's where like your whole body is the parachute and you like fly through squirrel suits squirrel suits Edgar Um, Ramirez was the guy by the way that's it Edgar Ramirez he go they go like dirt biking across it. Johnny Utah is like a former dirt bike champion and that's why he goes undercover. Um, but it's just awful. They're throwing loads of CG. It's lost the heart. Like the heart and soul of the original film was Patrick Swayze's like great performance as Bodie. Like you are on his side. You're in no way on the side of the the bad guys in this film. Mm. It's just just awful. Just just awful. Um What is it, Terry? Just awful. <laughs> Just I watched it knowing I wasn't going to like it, but thought maybe there'll be some like. I mean, there is quite a good scene where they're in the squirrel suits and they fly through like these mountains and stuff. But it's all like training to like do better robberies and stuff. And it's just I don't know. Yeah, just just awful. We'll leave it at that. Um, I don't often give shout outs to the other podcast 
but we did one called Redly Deadly 2 where we forced ourselves to put together a crack action team of characters, not actors. Um, and Bodhi made the team. Um, I haven't seen the remake, but Bodhi is a very compelling character in the original, oh, yeah. as is Johnny Utah. Um, they've, and, yeah. they've tried to give him that sort of air, but I think it's all in Patrick Swayze's performance. Yeah, totally. And um, a young Catherine Bigelow made the film as well. So. Yeah. Mm. Back in the day. So, yeah, so that's our first one. So next up, let's go with the... You say our first one. This is, you did this list, didn't you? Yeah, but I feel like everyone's going to agree. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I fucking love the Point Break remake, you dick. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Look at God, the way he's looking at me. <laughs> that was Fury. Uh, so next up, we'll go with the oldest film on the like list. Guess. So Clash of the Titans. Oh. Someone did get in touch with this, Yeah, so they? this has been mentioned. Awful. So 1981, the original... Um, starring Harry Hamlin as I've, I can't remember any of the names. It's so hot in this room, my brain is melted. Can't it's not um, that warm. It is when you're my size. <laughs> um, Have you got under boob sweat? I would imagine so. Yeah, uh, moob. Um, so anyway, the original uses Ray Harryhausen effect, so it's all the sort of stop motion, the plasticine, and it just looks beautiful. It's stunning. You've got the clockwork owl. It's just. A beautiful, beautiful film, really nicely told. And then in 2010, they remade it with Sam Worthington and turned the CG machine on. It is fucking awful. It's not good. It's, it's not so just good. awful, it's fucking awful. It's fucking awful. They just, they've upped everything. It's lost all of the heart. They have a throwaway thing where the clockwork owl is there and they just go, why the hell would we need that? But he plays like such a crucial part. They managed to ruin the storyline they completely change as well, which the storyline on the original... I can see why you'd think if we could make this film with better effects it would be brilliant but it just lost all of the heart and it was just yeah just awful there's there's nothing redeeming about it Not at all it. the cast of the original ones Matt is brilliant as well uh, Harry Hamlin plays Perseus that's it Perseus yeah. but yeah, yeah. and, and obviously the Kraken in the original was just like a bloke and the, in the remake it's like some fucking horrible octopus thing yeah, it's yeah. just oh just yeah it's just again you can see why but they just executed it so, so poorly. Uh, moving straight on to Robocop. Ooh. So 1987, possibly one of the best sci-fi films ever made. So on the nose of the times. Um, if you haven't seen it, which I'd be surprised, you've got... What's it about, Terry? It's about a man who's a cop and he has a bit of a bit of a pickle uh, <laughs> and ends up losing most of his body to a gang who just... I mean, it's the original is so gory. It's a uh, Paul Verhoeven film. We're obviously known for not holding back. Ultra violence. Yeah, but he's literally shot to pieces with shotguns, <clears throat> and what remains they turn into Robocop. So they think they've completely removed the human element, and that he'll just do what he's told, which he does. But things jar in his brain, and he remembers things. He remembers his wife and his child, Tragic. and yeah. He does a lovely little spin of the gun as he puts it into his leg, though, so let's, let's remember the good times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, obviously, the bad guy's Clarence Bodica, who's just an absolute cunt, but for so, all the... Say what you say, Terry. <laughs> all, but for all the right reasons, he's just such a horrible bastard, um, and his whole gang, and basically, halfway through the film, Robocop realises what's going on, he remembers himself, and he's going after Clarence to get vengeance for himself. There's obviously espionage within OCP, who are the company that have created him. But yeah, it's just, there's lots of like fake adverts in it. And it was like a real sort of sign of the times of this is what's coming. Like the, just 
product placement in things and it's just obviously they're all fake obviously the catchphrase I'd buy that for a dollar which is about a lottery track it's never really explained apparently there is a scene that completely explains those adverts but they cut it out so it's just random adverts that are thrown in but yeah ultra gory just ultra violent absolutely amazing so then they decided to remake it uh, in 2014 I wasn't going to go and see it because I thought it can't be very good I ended up seeing it at the cinema and it's one of the few times I've been angry in the cinema I didn't see it with you, did I? No, I went on my own, luckily, because there was... I, I imagine was I was I radiating quite the heat watching I it. I've, I don't think I've seen it. It's Tell on me, you Netflix. You radiate quite the heat, regardless <laughs> of your mood. It's on Netflix. I mean... So, yeah, so then they remade it in 2014. Um, got quite a good cast involved. So Joel Kinnaman plays Murphy slash Robocop. Samuel L. Jackson plays a part. He's sort of the replacement for the adverts. He's like what we now have now, like the news anchor who's just giving like the high line headlines and just waffling. Um, Michael Keaton's in it. He's basically like the Dick Jones character. Um, but they've just updated also. The same thing happens. He's out on a bus. I think he gets blown up by a bomb in this case. And all that is left is like his head, his heart. And for some reason, they put his left hand in the robot. Oh, yeah. yeah because yeah. there's one bit where they take away the suit and it's literally a hand, a heart, some lungs and a head on a stick. And it just makes no sense. The big thing that they add to this film, which I have no idea because it's not needed, is they really analyse it from his wife's point of view. She becomes a massive character in the remake. And it's just like, yeah, if you really wanted to know how the wife was affected by a man becoming a robot that kills things, this is the film. But it's just, they just aim for all the wrong things. They like, there's little subtle nods, like he's got a black suit instead of a metal suit in, in mm. like the stainless steel suit. But... Again, they just removed any sense of emotion. I would say that the update, the original is just as valid now with yeah. everything that's said in it. It's got just as much to say now as it did back in the 80s. And it's a far, not even, there is no redeeming features again for the Robocop remake. It's a political film. But it's one of Paul Verhoeven's political films that he yeah. released. And then uh, they, no well, one seems to understand that it's, yeah, it's about Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Robocop is Jesus. He is the rebirth. Because there's actually a bit where he walks on water as well. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't know that. Yeah, right at the end, there's a, he's obviously not literically walking, but he's walking through a no, puddle. No, I mean, I didn't know he was supposed to be Jesus. Yeah. See, these yeah. 80s action films, you think they're just action, but there's layers. There's, there's layers. a reason Paul Verhoeven's getting naked with the cast in the, in the set of Starship Troopers. To make them feel more comfortable, apparently. I love that story. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's Robocop. Under no circumstances, put yourself through the remake. It is awful. So the cast makes you think it might be worth because even Gary Oldman's in it as well. But yeah, it's just awful. The remake is far superior. So then we move on to a world cinema section of the Y. So we'll start with Old Boy. So I not think you've only either. you're not seen either. I don't think so. No, because you asked me if I had it on my list, didn't you? And so the original is. I mean, it's part of Park Chan Wook's Vengeance trilogy, along with Sympathy Mr. Vengeance and Lady Vengeance. Um, it is an absolute head fuck of a film. Mm. So the basic premise is we start off with a, a man, he's imprisoned, we don't know why, and then it cuts to like 25 years later or something like that, and he's literally been living in one room, he's been eating dumplings every day. Sounds amazing. Uh, all he's been doing is like watching films, and he's basically somehow made himself a martial arts expert, despite the fact he wasn't previously. It basically sounds like a film about us, Terry. So, well, without the martial arts experts. Um, and then one day he's just released and the film is him. Well, at first he's just angry. And then the guy who imprisoned him speaks to him and basically says, look, it's not about 
how it's about why did I do this to you and basically the film is him trying to find out why someone felt the need to imprison him in a room for 25 years I might be getting that timing wrong um, so we follow him I mean there's a famous scene where he eats a live octopus um, and he actually did it oh I definitely haven't seen it octopuses give me or, octopuses or octopi octopi would be the plural um yeah. So obviously he goes into a restaurant where he eats this octopi. He meets a woman who sort of becomes his helper. So he's literally got no idea and he's just trying to find out. And it's, again, a bit of a detective story of him finding out why he's in, why he was imprisoned. And, I mean, I'm not going to spoil the reasoning for why he was imprisoned, but it is fucked up why he's done it and the reasoning for why he's released him. Um, it's got one of the best endings to a film I think I've ever seen. It is so so fucked up but in a brilliant way so this film was remade in 2013 starring Josh Brolin I was surprised they were going to remake it at one point it was talked of being a Will Smith vehicle which I just can't understand how they make it so the basic premise is the same Josh Brolin is imprisoned he's released and he has to find out Elizabeth Olsen plays the like waitress in this film but basically they just completely dilute the film there is an element of what makes the original so good, but they change the ending to... I mean, I don't think it's possible to have a happy ending out of the scenario in the film, but they give it as happier ending as they can, and it just completely devalues the film at all. And I forgot to mention, with the original, there is an amazing fight scene, which is done in a one-take down a corridor where all he's got is a hammer and there's about 20 people coming at him. They again try to copy that, and it's just like do it differently like mm. have a fight scene where it's one shot but he uses the hammer and everything and it's like just i feel like that was too on the nose for a remake but yeah it's just it if you've never seen another like my sister's seen the remake but not the original she likes the remake i can see that but if you've seen the remake it is just so brutal and so like original you mean original yeah like literally you're watching it and you're just like when it finishes you're like i can't believe they've ended the film how they've ended the film like how they've tied that up but it has done so, so well. I've never seen either of those. The original, you said, was part of a trilogy. So is yeah. Old Boy the first part of the trilogy? No, so it's a trilogy in theme. So Vengeance mm. is oh, the theme. What, so like the Three Colours movies? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so, every, so I can each, watch it in any I think the order. same guy's in a lot, but he's playing different characters. Yeah. I can watch him in any order. Yeah. Okay, you can, yeah, you can actually get Old a, Boy. You can get a box set of it as well. Mm. Uh, Lady Vengeance is very, very good as well, but um, I don't what think... What was the other one? Uh, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Oh, okay. Um... But yeah, both all very good films. All say directed by Park Chan Wook. It's like his say it's a theme rather than an actual following a character through. But yeah, definitely go out. So if if you don't want to watch the original, then say the remake is perfectly decent if you haven't seen the original. But the original is just so much more worth your time. I I think it's quite long, but say it's just completely worth your time. Anyone else got anything to say? No, I've not seen no. it. I've sorry. seen it. I've seen the original. I haven't seen the remake. So then next up is possibly one of. The, there is an Asian horror here, so it's possibly one of the scariest films. It's a film that I had to turn off watching on my own because I was too scared. And then we watched it together, didn't yeah, we? I think there was. A, it was this. I think yeah, Richard was in the room as well, and he banged his head on the wall. He jumped <laughs> that much. <laughs> um, but it's a film called The Tale of Two Sisters. Oh. So, I mean, it's about two sisters <laughs> where something's happened, and they're now moving back in with their dad, who's now got a new wife. Um, or is it a carer slash wife? It's like, one of these ones. I've only watched it once because it's, yeah, it's, it's so scary. Um, but like, there's things going on in the house, and there's lots of sort of 
is it a haunting? Is it something coming? Is it ghosts? Is it a monster? But there's, I mean, there's one bit where the girls are lying in the bed and you can just hear and it's nails across the wooden floor. And the girl's like petrified and she looks and all you can see is like the very top of her head move, like sort of ring-esque hair, Mm. but just the constant... And it was the scraping noise. The scraping noise. And then she gets to the base of the bed. It's giving me goosebumps in this And it's literally, she goes from kneeling on, to being on the floor to, in a second, she stood on the bed staring. And it, that's the bit where Richard banged his head. (laughs) (laughs) But that's like the big bit, but there's just so many bits in it. There's an, I think it's that film where there's another bit where they're, they're looking around the house. No, it's a different film. I'll stop. Um, but yeah, it's just so scary. So that was remade in. So that was the original was two thousand and three. The original it was remade in two thousand and nine in America. And it was called The Uninvited, uh, starring Emily Browning amongst others. But again, have I seen that? I don't. Seen I have. I, possibly, but it's just it doesn't have the dread. Like, I didn't feel the need to turn it off. They've Americanized a lot of the scares, made it generic. Again, they've changed the ending and like. I mean, I don't like to say it because then you think about it, but there's a key twist in the film that just doesn't land at all in the American remake. But as I say, it takes a lot to properly shit me up. Mm. But The Tale of Two Sisters shat me up beyond belief. So I had to turn it off. I, shat me up. It, it was the nail scraping that made me mm. have to turn it off and say, I think it was like literally we had like a horror day, didn't we? And that we saved, we watched that one in the middle and we had to have a break afterwards because it was just so tense. But yeah, I would thoroughly recommend it. I wouldn't even recommend The Uninvited if you haven't seen the original, like I would with Old Boy. It's just nowhere yeah, near d- as good. I don't think I've seen it. No, it's, it's not... vaguely similar, but it doesn't have like the key twist point mm. that like makes A Tale of Two Sisters. Yeah, just just buckle up for the subtitles. It's again, it's quite grim, it's quite gory in places, but yeah, utterly, utterly terrifying. And that draws a close. The Y Top Five. Um, can I, before Dan goes on his massive rant, just one that I've got to, um, got to mention. Now I gave her, um, let me in earlier, but Chloe Grace and, um, Carrie. Yeah, we didn't need that. That's all I need to say about that. Um, like Terry saying earlier about, you know, like you thought about Beauty and the Beast, why take a perfectly good film and remake it? I feel the same way about Carrie, which is actually a... An amazing uh, Stephen King adaptation. Mm. And what I didn't get time to watch, but what I wanted to watch so that I could include it on that list was the remake of Annie. But I didn't get time to watch I've it, seen unfortunately. That. I have not seen the original. Oh, the original is one of my hashtag faves. Um, so I can only assume that the remake's going to be a pile of... It's poop. not. Jem didn't like it and she's like the oh, target blimey, audience. It's be crap I know, yeah. yeah. Um, right, are we going to unleash the fury? Yeah. Yeah. I've got two films. Uh, I thought you might... In- uh, the Wreck remake with Quarantine. Oh, I haven't seen Quarantine. I think it's, it's okay, yeah. but Wreck is so much better. <coughs> Wreck is one of my favourite horror films. Yeah, it Wreck is, is amazing. Yeah. It's a great series. I think there's four now. They're all yeah. brilliant. Uh, the third one's not great, the one at the wedding. But uh, the other three are really, really good. But it's... Oh, it's just not... The Quarantine's like a shot-for-shot shot remake. Mm. But... In English, and they change the ending up a tiny bit. Yeah. Though, don't they? Sometimes shot for shot remakes can be okay, but yeah, um, yeah I just wreck is so good. Yeah, so um, tense. Yeah, yeah, that I, I just think anyone was going to struggle to recapture that. You know, you're saying about creepy moments. Wreck two, not related really to this, but has one of those moments. I don't want to give it away. It's right at the end. Wreck two or wreck. Wreck two, the second one where you see her on the floor and the mm. camera. And that's the first one, isn't is it? it? 
where it, no no he spoilers turn off if you're going to listen to these films where he the, the, the beast kisses her and you see the parasite go down her throat. oh yeah 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 Ugh. yeah because wreck two is essentially wreck one but from a different point of view isn't yeah, it yeah it's, it's mm. like 10 minutes later when the SWAT yeah. team have turned up because the first one is people yeah. in a building where they're like locked in yeah. and the second one is people sneaking into the building and it's all like first person yeah. camcorder and it's done very very well and it's you find out more and more about the religious mm. elements of it because that's what I liked about it as well that the sort of religious because I quite although I'm not religious I quite mm. like films with religious elements in them yeah me too then there's the Wicker Man. Now, <laughs> now the Wicker Man is. I mean, oh, the remake's better by far. Oh yeah, it's amazing. I the, can't wait for us to do our best movies podcast so we can talk about it. <laughs> Shut up! Just don't, don't even. Bees, so, the I'm, bees. When he punches, uh, whatever. Um, he, it's so the original film, right? I'm gonna go into a bit of of me here. Uh, I did a film studies A level. I've never been very academic. Have you done a film studies A level? Oh, fuck off, Sonia. No, seriously. <laughs> yeah, How did we not know this? Did you really this? not know that? Why was I not Because we don't care about Dan. And I, 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 I did. Had no idea. I did okay at it. Um, have you watched the Bicycle Thieves? No, I've not. not oh, okay. Uh, Carry um, on then. I'll, when you do extreme cinema, I'll, I know a bit about that. But um, one of the films we had to watch was The Wicker Man, and I, I, I came into film studies thinking, like everyone does, coming into film studies. I'll get to watch some films, that's great. I came out of film studies thinking, I love watching films and I'm watching them in a totally different way to how I watched them before I did it. And one of the films that, that did that was the original Wicker Man, which I would not have given a chance to because, well, probably because at the time it didn't have Nicolas Cage in, weirdly <laughs> enough, actually. But, that's um, two films that Nicolas Cage has spoiled for us. <laughs> I know. Um, and, and so I watched The Wicker Man and it's I, 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 I did a whole exam on The Wicker Man and I got... 96, 97% on it. Because Ooh. I just... What did you do? Wa- get your name wrong? Yeah, yeah it was Wicker without the C. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I love the film so much that I watched it and I watched it and I watched it. And, and part of what makes the original version such a great film is the subtlety. And it's the impending doom again. Like, you know what's going to happen. It's called The Wicker Man. On the cover of everything is a burning One of the uh, first effigy. films where it yeah. had, like, that bad ending. yeah. And you know it's going to happen, but still, you're kind of rooting for this guy, even though he's he's a bit. It's it's such a punk film. It's it's about um, a, a straight laced guy, a virgin Edward Woodward. Yeah, Iwa Wiwa, who goes onto an island and has to solve a mystery of a missing girl. Um, and throughout the whole film, he's uh, tempted by oh god, Britt Eklund, isn't it? Yeah. On the other side of the wall where she's dancing. Uh, Christopher Lee is this creepy character who just gets creepier and creepier throughout the film. And then by the end, like, it's it's very subtle throughout. It's getting worse and worse. And it's still at the end when you see The Wicker Man, you're like, holy shit, this is unbelievable. This is such a great film. One of my favourite all-time films. Um, I could watch it over and over again. And if you do watch it, watch the director's cut because it makes more sense. I will and- say, I think me and Sonia watched it together and we weren't that fast, were we? Well, no, but like Dan's just said, he watched it as part yeah, of film studies. I mean. He's so watching it I've in a different watched it way once. to us. I, I, I adore it. It's such a great film. Um, it was a B movie as well. I can't remember the other film that it was part of. So it was the film they put on before. That's why they cut loads of parts parts out of it originally. It was a film they put on before they put on another film. I can't remember what the other film was. Anyway, 2006 rolls along and someone thinks, we're going to remake The Wicker Man, right? <laughs> I don't think that's appropriate, Sonia. Um, and um, 
And why it's not close have, to tears? Don't push him over the edge. Nicholas Cage star as uh, the incredibly subtle uh, main character, originally played by Edward Woodward. And I think his name's different in this. I've only watched it once, and even that, I think I worked my way through chewing a pillow. Um, <laughs> so it's you get on the island. There's the ham-fisted references. There's someone that's named someone Woodward, I think, on the island, which is like a huh? a Edward homage. Woodward. Yeah. Um, and then it just goes from naught to creepy in no time at all. You've got creepy little girls and, and half of the, and the, the bees. Don't the, forget the bees. Got the bees. Yeah, he punches a woman in it, which is a bit weird. Anyway, he punches several women in it. Um, and then when the wicker man finally arrives at the end, you're like, oh, thank God. Let's just get <laughs> burn in the that. fucker. Get this done. Get this out of here. It is an atrocious remake. It takes all the subtlety out of it. And I'm just reading now that Cage dedicated the film to his friend Johnny Ramone. I love the Ramones, so do not fucking do that, Nicolas Cage. Um, it was just a dreadful film. I say, takes all the subtlety out of it. That's it. Who is in for- The film concerns a policeman named Edward Malice, who is informed by his ex-fiance Willow Woodward. Dearing me. Um, so he's called Edward. Yeah. And she's called Woodward. N- well, he's na- his name, the character, the act's name is Edward Woodward. No, yeah. but oh, Nicholas he's Cage. Oh, yeah, I'm with you now, yeah. That, how did I not see that? God, I thought you did film <laughs> studies, Dan. Daughter Rowan, which is the same thing again. Arrives on the island. Rowan, last scene, begins to suspect him. It takes, oh, it just takes all of the, the elements of Christopher Lee's kind of like nuanced but still manic chewing yeah. the scenery performance out of the original. Um, Edward Woodward's hyper-religious kind of always wants to do the right thing. But he's a, he's a bit of a square, which mm. kind of makes you you're not hundred percent on your side. Um, everyone on the island, the original version is incredibly creepy. Everyone on the island in this one's kind of creepy, but in a really two thousands kind of way where they, they they force it a bit too much. Like it's little things yeah, like it does lack subtle too. When he's walking around um, the island on the, the original version, and there's the graves, and there's uh, like the pagan rituals mean that they've left like someone's foreskin like on top of like one of the graves that kind of thing and it's like little like really unnerving kind of creepiness that that the 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 remake just didn't understand they just wanted to burn Nicolas Cage and a giant wooden man there we go I'm done I think that's it and on that note (laughs) oh I don't like to finish on a down note um okay so the room is getting um insanely hot even I'm hot Dan's had to take his blouse off Dan's taking his blouse off um, and his hair is fucking massive. <laughs> um, uh, so we're going to very quickly touch on our um, Kex files now. Um, Terry, do you want to go first? So uh, my Kex file was the original yes, Magnificent Seven. Oh! So um, I'd seen, we saw the remake together, Sonia, at the cinema. Bloody loved that film. Uh, yeah, really good, action-packed. Um, the other, the original perfectly decent film I don't think it lives up if you're watching them in the order I did so the remake first it just doesn't have the action that the re- remake does am I getting massively confused is this a remake of Seven Samurai yes okay. so the original Magnificent Seven was a remake of Samurai, the yeah, Seven yeah, yeah. Samurai so which one did you watch so I watched the Magnificent Seven from the, the 1960s old one. Yeah, with right, Yul okay. Brenner and Charles Bronson would you not argue that the one that we saw is a remake of Seven Samurai also are they both remakes of Seven Samurai? Yeah, but... Th- I'm that, just being difficult. Yeah, but that one is a more direct remake of The Magnificent Seven starring Neil Brenner because it's a Western, not a yeah, yeah, samurai film. Dick. I know. Um, so yeah, me all over. Both really, really good. Um, say, much more subtle than the other one. Not 
the villain is really played up as an absolute bastard in the remake, whereas he's just a bit of a bit of a douche in the first one. Um, but yeah, perfectly good. 50p, well worth a watch. Now I, I try to be a little bit clever. <laughs> Dan's got his recorder out. Dan's just given us a rendition of the uh, X-Files theme tune here. There you go. He's able to talk whilst he's recording. Down <laughs> <laughs> the nose, yeah. <laughs> You're good to go. Anyway, so I read online somewhere that the film <laughs> that I bought for my X-File had exactly the same storyline as another film. So although not billed as a remake, I thought I'll give that there a watch. There seems to be a lot of those knocking about. So I read that the film Barbed Wire was the exact same storyline oh, as it? Casablanca. Oh, I thought it was a Shakespeare um, play. Oh, just the one I'll just leave you with, um, with the news that Barbed Wire is awful. Yeah. Pammy's heyday. Is that your fan going? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to tie this. We're going to have to wrap this up because uh, Dan's, lap- Dan's laptop is about to explode. Um, is Barbed Wire um, a remake of Casablanca? No, of course it isn't. Is it the same story as Casablanca? Mm, I can see why people would um, say that yes, there are. Is it Pamela links. Anderson <laughs> spewing that line? Uh, no, it was Roger Ebert. Uh-huh. So, um, no. I don't, I don't, I don't know if, if Pammy's seen Casablanca. Uh, one thing I will say about this film is how her breasts stayed in that costume, I do not know. When Jaffer, I say breasts, I imagine. nipples, how her nipples stayed in that costume, I do not know. Um, does she look hot in it? Yes. Um, could you pop it on mute and do something else? <laughs> yes. Um, it's yeah, one of those. dialogue is not needed. Um, so yeah, you, Terry had a good 50p watch, as per usual. I had a dog shit one, but I will quickly say I managed half an hour of In the Name of the King yeah. from last week. Um, everyone forgets how to act in that film. I won't be bothering with the other hour and a half. Um, I think we are in agreement that In the Name Dog of the King shit. is possibly one of the worst films we've ever seen. Just yeah. move on straight on to the sequels then, yeah? Yeah. yeah. They don't start the stage. One of them's got Dolph in it. Yeah. Oh, terrible, terrible, terrible. So are we done? Done. Let's get done, out of done, here. Done, done, done. Right, very quickly, Terry. Do you want to run through the social media? So social media. So we are on Instagram as Theatrical Pod. No, we're not. Theatrical Cut Pod. Fucking hell. It's Good warm. God. Uh, on Twitter, we are Theatrical Cut. I'm Prefax on Instagram and Twitter. Sonia is Mallory underscore watches on Instagram and Bloody Mallory on Twitter. Uh, the Mother Pod is Too Much Time on Our Hands, which is 2M. T-O-O-H. On Twitter, yeah. Yeah, and what's the other one, Dan? T-N-T-O-O-H on Instagram. We are, we'll have covered Star Wars at this point and we'll be about to cover. Will you, though? Yes, we're doing it. <laughs> Tonight, by the time this, this is recorded. Are you, though? Are you? You've been yeah. saying that for quite Even some time. Even if it's time. just me Originally, doing it. Originally, it was going to be about Rogue One, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and then they released two other films since then. I, uh, we're doing, and we'll, upcoming will be our <coughs> E3 preview. So, yeah. Lovely. Uh, very quickly, before we go, where's the... Uh, is the hat in here? Yeah, yeah I've got it. Yeah. It's there. It's right in front of you, Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't, why can't I see the hat? It's right in front of me. because um, you can't see for that nose. Christ, I've got cables around my legs and everything. Oh, I'm sweating in so many places. Oh, my gusset. Terry, do you want to pull <laughs> out of the hat? I'll have a shuffle. That's it, have a shuffle. What we, what we got, what we got? It's a yellow one, uh, which means it's Sonia's, and it is Kate Winslet. Oh, yeah, brilliant. My favourite actress, Kate Winslet. My second favourite after Kate Blanchett. Yeah, um, so we'll be talking the films of Kate Winslet. So I guess we'll be talking our favourites, our least favourites, notable roles. There's no least favourites. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see.
Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And mic drop. <laughs>